This is the PGA of Canada Professional Development Podcast Series. Industry leaders, PGA professionals discussing technology, fitness, planning your business, building your career. These talks, these ideas, developed for you to live a better life and earn a better living. I'm the general manager and executive professional at the Edmonton Country Club out here in Edmonton, Alberta. And welcome to the first of a series of podcasts on the state of retail and consumers. We're going to ask the experts at Dionico Inc. of Chicago, a global retail consulting and training firm, to tell us what's happening in the world of business and retail, in particular, that is going to have an impact on our business and give us some ideas on how we need to change to stay relevant and continue to thrive. James Dion, president of Dionico Inc., is on the phone with me to answer my question, why are so many retailers shutting their doors and how can we avoid being one of them? Great question, Alan. <laughs> Thank you for that question. Uh, and it's a really good question. I think less of of a concern, unfortunately, possibly for uh, some Canadian retailers, because the bloodbath has has not been, at least yet, anywhere near what it has been in the United States. And that's not to say that they're you know that there haven't been store closing in the U.S. in, in Canada because there obviously have. Uh, you know clearly the Express, which is again an American chain, just pulled out of Canada what about two weeks ago. Uh, we've seen Best Buy close stores. We're seeing Sears close stores. Uh, Target, their debacle that happened in Canada. Even the old venerable Grand and Toy. And so yeah, we've lost a lot of Canadian retailers too. And the real question is, uh, I think you know will. Canada experienced the same bloodbath that's occurring in the U.S. We're predicting uh, maybe three, four, five thousand store closures in the U.S. in 2017 alone. Uh, I'm not predicting that same kind of bloodbath for Canada at all, but there there are going to be fewer retailers operating in Canada, uh, and that is just a fact. And it's 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 due to a, a number of things, and the first one. Uh, I guess, well, there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, you know, it, it's the big elephant in the room. It's the one that we're all very, very concerned about, and it's getting nothing but stronger, and that is online shopping. Online shopping really changed the whole ball game for retailers over the last 10 years. And it's been kind of a uh, a slow start. And yes, the web has been around for you know, realistically, almost 17 years now, 16, 17 years. But in reality, it's been the last four or five that we've really seen the consumer start to shop online much more frequently. So that's, you know, that's having an impact on retail stores and brick and mortar stores. The second thing that we're seeing is the consumer's continued love of discount shopping. They just love a deal. And I don't care where the consumer is, whether they're on a golf course or whether they're in a mall or on a street, they really do respond to a deal. We're also seeing this kind of a third factor. And, you know, it's funny, I've, I've said to retailers for years that your single biggest competitor is likely your supplier. 
It's not that that golf shop in the mall. It's not that golf shop in the strip center. It's not another pro shop. It is your supplier. And I think more in the golf industry than just about any industry that we follow or we look at, the suppliers really have been much more proactive than, than many other industries in going directly to the consumer and going after the consumer. So online shopping is bad enough, but when we have our suppliers, uh, you know, trying to take our customers away from us, that is really not a good thing. Another factor that we're facing, a part of this headwind, uh, is is the shrinking middle class. Shrinking certainly a heck of a lot more, by the way, in the United States than in Canada. But in Canada, although the numbers of the middle class have not had as big of a, a drop as the U.S., the incomes have become much more stagnant for the Canadian middle class, as they have for the U.S. middle class too, by the way. And so when our regular customers, a customer who used to be able to afford, you know, uh, 18 holes of golf, used to be able to afford going to golfing, you know, once or twice a week or whatever, in uh, a new set of clubs every couple of years or a new bag or a new glove or whatever, whatever. We're seeing that a lot of those customers are, are really you know, starting to get pressed a little bit financially. And so with that, that lack of income and that lack of growth in the middle class, that is really having an impact. And finally, uh, I, I think one of the single biggest issues that we see out there is this one that's called no point of difference. So what you're saying is that Amazon.com is going to be the new Walmart. I can still remember when we all thought some 25 years ago that we were taught to fear Walmart's competition. Is Amazon.com going to be the next elephant in the room? Ooh. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. When I mention online shopping, I really should not even say online shopping. I should say Amazon.com. And you're exactly right. Uh, I can remember almost 30 years ago now, I did a cross Canada uh, workshop sponsored by the Retail Council of Canada. And that workshop was on competing with Walmart. So what to do when Walmart came to Canada. And it was a fascinating workshop, talked about all the strengths of Walmart, all the things that you know you needed to do to prepare for them. And now, yeah, Amazon is the new Walmart. And they they are going to absolutely are going to, they are have already decimated a tremendous number of retailers. Uh, you know, bookstores and, and that I think we all realize, music stores. Uh, and that's not just Amazon, that's the web I itself. But Amazon is such a strong, strong competitor. And what people don't realize is that in Canada and the United States, one third of every dollar spent on the internet is spent at Amazon. And that's an absolutely, I mean, 33 cents of every dollar spent on the web is spent at Amazon. And that number is growing. And that's got to be a major, major concern for every retailer out there. Well, I, I hate that I'm actually probably a part of that 33 cents on occasion <laughs> because it's just plain easy to do to deal with it. Um, you mentioned earlier that one of your your main reasons why retailers are failing is the lack of point of difference. What exactly do you mean by that? Oh gosh, again, great, great question. The 
stores just simply look alike. And, and you know, even in, in our industry, in, in the golf industry, it's almost as if, yeah, I've seen one golf store, I've seen another, I've seen all of them. There, there is just, there is not enough emphasis put by, in my opinion, our opinion, uh, by the store owners, by management to really make the store very, very different and very unique. And yes, some of that is visual how we present merchandise to the customer. Some of it is our mix, the kind of, of merchandise that we have. And, and others of it is our staff, how we treat and relate to that customer. It is a very, very different world out there today. And, and ultimately, we're facing three what we call mega trends. And this is the real, you know, kind of the stuff behind the, uh, uh, headwinds that I talked about in the beginning. We're really seeing the consumer uh, in, in this whole social driven media economy really want to own less. Uh, their, their philosophy, particularly for that critical group for us, by the way, the millennials, we need to get them out golfing. Millennials are into experiences and so that's a good thing. So the golf is an experience and so we should be attracting them just based on that. But they really do, they don't want things. And so it makes it very difficult for a lot of retailers to sell them products when they're much more likely to be buying meals, buying movies, buying experiential things. We're also seeing this whole proliferation of, of different types of retail concepts. And it really is about what we call a blurring of sectors. In other words, stores are not just selling one thing anymore. They're selling lots of different things. And one of the ones we always point to is food. Food has become a major component of a lot of retail stores and, and also, you know, food and drinks. We're seeing, believe it or not, in a lot of department stores, actual martini bars. And, uh, you know, by the way, we've learned a long time ago that alcohol really helps consumers buy. So <laughs> it might not be a bad idea to put your pro shop, you know, right near the uh, the club bar to catch them on the way out. And then finally, just exponential technologies. And this is where I think a lot of PGA stores really have got to focus. How are we interacting with our customers from a technological point of view? Are our mobile applications really good? Are we really connecting with them, uh, utilizing mobile applications? Are we using beacons in our store? Do we really know when we have a customer in the house? All of those things are part and parcel of us putting them in place so that we're successful well into the 2020s. You know, it's, I know darn well that when we do our, our member events and, and there's wine involved, that just happens to ring the cash register a little more often than it would in a normal basis, that's for sure. <laughs> And I also know that I also know that stores that are different are, are make me want to go in and find out what's the buzz, what's going on, why, you know, what are they doing that's that's making it uh, such an interesting experience because people are definitely going. So I hear what you're saying, and it's it's certainly sometimes it can be scary to think down that road. So, uh, but Jim, thank you for your insights, and we look forward to the next podcast when we'll uh, we'll find out on who is winning in retail and why.